Fellow Devil fans, this is your boy Bill Botch, and welcome to The Trap, a New Jersey Devils podcast. It is Wednesday, the 14th of December. Took me a minute to figure that out. Um, it's been a crazy couple days. So the Devils have lost three in a row. So this is a little new after um, the Devils have had such an amazing start to the season. Uh, Friday night, they lost to the Islanders. They were simply outplayed flat out. Uh, didn't deserve to win. They didn't even have Sorokin and net the Islanders. But the Devils ended up pulling the goalie with about seven minutes left in the game. And they, they fought back and they played hard. Um, but it wasn't enough. Then Monday, they played their uh, crosstown rivals, the New York Rangers at Madison Square Garden. So my father flew in from Florida and we were really pumped to go to the game. There weren't as many Devil fans as there were two weeks ago when the Devils played the Rangers, but there were still plenty of fans. We stopped at Haymaker. They had some Alchemist vocal banger there, so we had a can of that and got some food, went in for warm-ups, watched the team warm up. Our seats were sick, um, and the Devils got off to a hot start. There was a, the, there was a weak goal given up by Shesterkin, Heischer scores just three minutes into the first period, and then a minute and 40 seconds later, Dawson Mercer puts one in too, and these were weak goals. Like, these were not Shesterkin-type um, goals. He's, he's better than this, but the Devils got to him quick. We were only four and a half minutes, five minutes into the game. We were up by two. The Devils have only taken six shots on net, and we had two go in. And I felt like we had Shesterkin on the ropes there. One of the takeaways I'll take from the night was we had plenty of high-danger scoring chances where we had the puck coming through the cre- um, coming through the slot, and we didn't hit the net. We missed the net way too much. Um, there were so many shots that went over the net. It was... It was a very hard-fought game, to say the least. Obviously, we all know what happened. So, Kreider ends up scoring before the period's over, which we'll get into later, but... Or we can get it to it now. Why not? I mean, the Devils have just... We let up too many goals right before the period's up. And you know how that works. That's like letting up a touchdown before the end of the half in football. It creates momentum the your the other team goes into the locker room feeling good it's a it's a backbreaker so in the second period Jack Hughes scores on a beautiful goal backhand roofs it over Shesterkin it was awesome the whole game was so fast um I tell you what Keandre Miller played his balls off he was probably the best player on the ice in my opinion he played great but the Devils end up giving up two more goals in the second period. It's a tie game going into the third. We had two two-goal leads. We had a penalty shot that Hughes tried to make one too many moves on and didn't really force Shesterkin to make a save. Shesterkin was on his ass and had his leg out and his stick out and was able to knock the puck off of Hughes' stick. But... um. You know, if I'm Lindy Ruff or just as a Devils fan, I want to see you force the goalie to make a save. I understand you want to you want to put a lot of moves on him and whatnot, but 
at some point you got to get pucks on net. And when you have Shesterkin rattled, we kind of let him off the hook a bit. And um, it was disappointing. One of the things that the Devils really had a serious problem with in the game was turnovers. And it was a, it was funny. It was a tale of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde because I know everybody loves Jack Hughes, and I love Jack Hughes too. He is an extremely talented player, and he has the ability to completely take over a game. And there were points in the Ranger game where he did. He was by far the best player on the ice. But man, there were a, he turned the puck over a ton. And it says he only had two giveaways, but it was more than two giveaways. He skated the puck right through the crease in the defensive zone. He he just he has to get I I understand that you need you need him to be creative and that's what makes him the player that he is is that he has the ability to be able to kind of to be a creator and to open up the ice and try different things but you need some sound structure when it comes to playing in the defensive zone. And I also think that applies to the power play. And and he does. He makes a lot of those cross-ice passes that only the elite players make that allow for a one-timer and the goalie can't get across. But I think when... I think possession is very important. And when you take a very um, low probability, low chance shot and you miss the net, and it rings around the glass, and the puck goes out of the zone when we could have moved the puck around a little bit more and looked for an open shot, I, I think that that counts as a giveaway as well. And the same goes with three-on-three. Three. And I'm not, I'm not, this isn't a Jack Hughes uh, bashing segment by any means. I'm speaking about anybody in general. Um, you know, when you have the puck three-on-three, three, you're you're better off holding onto the puck and, and, and having possession uh, rather than taking a low probability shot, low percentage shot, so it was it was a you you saw the highlights, and I mean his goal was insane. He definitely skated with the puck on his stick a lot. He had 22 minutes of ice time. He had two and a half minutes on a power play, and he had seven shots on goal. So I mean the guy clearly was our best player. And he was by far not our worst player, but he did turn the puck over quite a bit. And that's something that I'd like to see him work on um, because he is, he's too important of a player and he, he's, you know, it's great to score and all, but if you're giving up, if you're giving up possession and you're giving up danger, high scored, high scoring danger chances, I think it, it works both ways. And I evaluate the players. He could be my favorite player or Nico could be my favorite player. But if a guy doesn't play well, you know, it is what it is. And that's that I call it like I see it. Um, Now the Rangers scored on those back-to-back goals within seven seconds of one another. And Dougie Hamilton got caught out of position on the second goal for sure. And there's off the face off. He pinched in, tried to come up to the winger. They blew right by him left Siegenthaler kind of hanging in the dust who ended up on his stomach trying to prevent that uh, two-on-one pass and, and Kako ended up finishing. But Siegenthaler had a rough game. He took, uh, he took a pretty l- stupid slash lazy penalty at one point. 
um, with a dump in where he kind of he got an interference call. There were a lot of guys that didn't have great games, and obviously the line that sticks out to everybody was the Holtz Boquist Sharangovich line. Now, one of the great things that we've had for the for this beginning of the season is we were able to roll four lines, and that simply isn't the case anymore. Those guys only got three and a half minutes, four minutes, and five minutes of ice time. So, um, uh, Boquist only got three and a half minutes of ice time. He was a minus two in three and a half minutes. And I don't know what his deal is, um, but they needed to do something with that line. They got benched, so so, so they rotated three lines throughout the game, and... You had to have been really happy with what you saw out of Wood, McLeod, and Zetterlin. Zetterlin, over the past two games, has been one of our best players. He had three block shots in the Ranger game um, and 15 minutes of ice time. I thought he played really well, and he pushed play, and I, I think he also played really good. He was one of our best players in the Dallas game last night. And that's the problem. Like, I love Zetterlin, but he shouldn't be one of the best players for the Devils on the ice. So the Ranger game was was really um, – it was a tough one. We dominated in face-off percentage. We had 59% face-off wins. We had 29 shots on goal compared to 23 versus the Rangers. Um, we couldn't convert on the power play, which we had two of them. We were out-hit. Um, but – we couldn't get it done. And when you have a two-goal lead, that would have been a nice game to to win. And you go from you lose, you know, you lose a tough game to the Islanders who were a good team. And then but you get a point. And the way that I was thinking about it was all right, so if you go into this Dallas game, Dallas had just played the night prior. They were they had played uh Pittsburgh. Ottinger was in net and I'm thinking to myself, all right, we're both coming off of back-to-backs. We got Akira Schmid, who's going to play versus um, Scott Wedgwood. And we know what Scott Wedgwood is. So I thought to myself, all right, we got home ice advantage. The guys slept in their beds last night. Dallas is on a road trip. So right from the get-go, the game last night, uh, it was... It was... Um, it was a good defensive game. It was. And Dallas is fast. They are a good team. They transition the puck really well. Um, not to get too into Dallas, but Miro Heiskanen is one of my favorite young players in the league. Um, he played almost 22 minutes, and uh, he looked good. He was a plus two. and But I was surprised by, obviously, the, the transitioning game that they had and the defensive game that they have. They really didn't... The Devils had 36 shots on net, but uh, there weren't many high-danger scoring chances. The one thing that kind of stood out to me last night was the Devils' best players did not play well. So, Nico Heischer was kind of invincible. He, The Devils only won 44% of their face-offs last night. They got dominated in the face-off circle, which... You know, Jack Hughes wants to play center. You have to win more than 25% of your face-offs. It's unacceptable. So, 
Um, and Heischer, who usually is really good in the on within the faceoff dot, only had a thirty six percent average in the faceoff circle. It was rough, but I liked what Lindy Ruff did. He wanted to switch some players around. Brendan Smith has been a liability, in my opinion. The Devils were on a nice run. You didn't want to screw with the lineup, but he is a player who gets caught out of position way too much. He's super slow. He doesn't have the speed to pinch the way that he does. Um, And I thought it was awesome that they were going to give Kevin Ball a chance. And I was excited to see Andreas Janssen break into the lineup too because Alexander Holtz at this point is definitely a liability. And I've been sticking up for this kid for a long time. But at some point, you got to get it together. And he, he doesn't look close. He doesn't look close. Now, I don't know what you want to do with him, but you might he might need a fresh start somewhere else. The the Sharks are obviously pushing they're they're shopping Timo Meyer and they want him they want to get a return for him. If you can trade a guy like Holtz for Meyer, I understand Meyer's on the last year of his contract and I don't want to give away a 7th overall pick an asset for a rental player. So you have to know if you be, if you're going to be able to sign Meyer. Um and he's going to want decent money. He's getting paid 6 million bucks now, I believe. He's going to want something along those lines, but I do think he is the type of player that would fit right in on a wing with Nico. You know, obviously they're both Swiss uh you know, they're both Swiss kids. And and we we need Palat back too. And it's like Pilat is a guy who, you know, you get into a couple game funk here and he's a guy that could really elevate your team, add a little stability as, uh, you know, a veteran who's been in this position before and kind of get things back on track. What what was weird was Nico said exactly what you want to hear a captain say after the Ranger game. He said, this is no time to panic. We got a game tomorrow night. We just have to get back to work and go do what we do. And I, I thought, I thought that was exactly the right answer. It's like coming off of a, a tough loss versus your rival when you were up by two in overtime. There's nothing better than having a game right away. So, um, and they came out and it's they didn't look flat. They just they weren't able to get many high danger scoring chances. Now. In both of the games, in the Ranger game and in the Dallas game, the Devils got screwed by the referees with two quick whistles. Hollis should have had a goal last night. There was a loose puck in front of the net that he ends up putting away. That There was no reason that the ref should have blew the whistle there. There were also an offsides and an icing call that were total bullshit too that the refs had to play the puck at center ice because they knew they messed up. The night prior, the Devils had the puck, and Shesterkin, there, there was a loose puck in front of Shesterkin, and there was a quick whistle, and it cost us a high danger, a, a really great scoring opportunity. And from what I heard, even Sam Rosen thought that it was a horrible call. And it's like, you, you got to get some of these calls correct. Um, now... The Devils have obviously been subject to some very questionable referee calls, and this is we're gonna I'm gonna break away into a different topic real quick. But 
obviously, we all remember the Thanksgiving Eve game versus Toronto with the three called back goals and everybody throwing their beers on the ice. And you guys, and we've gone over that and you know how I feel about it. Well, last night somebody threw their beer on the ice too when the Devils gave up their second empty net goal. This is totally unacceptable and it's embarrassing. As a Devils fan, it is literally embarrassing. If you grew up around the game of hockey, you know it is not okay to throw shit on the ice. Especially because your team loses. It's not a garbage can. Have some respect for the game. It's if you th- if you were the asshole that threw your beer on the ice last night, you should never be allowed back in the Prudential Center. And fellow fans should call them out because talk about a trashy reputation. It's like, you know, we like to think that we're a little bit better than Philadelphia fans like I do. And it's like, I like to think that devil fans know what they're talking about. We might not have the biggest fan base in the world, but devil's fans know the game of hockey. We're a very passionate fan base, and I'm fine with that. And you could boo, and you can yell all kinds of crazy shit, and hell, you could even fight with fans. I don't care. But to throw your stuff on the ice because you lost, and not a jersey trying to be a smartass or something, but throwing beers on the ice, don't let that become our thing. That's gross. And whoever did that last night's a classless piece of shit. So... You know, let's let's nip that in the ass. Like, let's not. Let the, we can't have this become a thing. It's cause they're going to start calling penalties on us. Which I get it. At the end of the game, it doesn't really mean anything. But that's a bad look for all of us. And I like to think that just as a fan base, we're we're better people than that. So they do. They have the. They switch up the lines last night, and it was good to see Mango in the lineup. Now, if nothing else, that guy plays his balls off. So he's hard to play against. He. Um, and I thought he played well. He he only played five and a half minutes, but he was out there and he was trying to do his thing. Now, they switched the lines up and they had um, Sharon Govich bounce back. Sharon Govich has been a ghost lately. Congratulations to him on having his first kid. But he looks like he's maybe a little sleep deprived because he's skating like he's got a shit in his pants. He's got to get on it, man. He has to be harder to play against. He has to be better in his own zone. It's like he hasn't had any scoring chances. Well, last night he kind of got his game together a little bit, and I think switching up the lineup did him a lot of good. So he ended up with five shots. He led the team with five shots on net last night, and uh, and he had an assist. So he played 16 minutes. He was 50% in the faceoff circle. I thought he played really good, and I thought that Zetterlin played really good too. He had three shots on net. They played hard. But Hughes was nowhere to be found. He sure was nowhere to be found. Um, you know, we, we kind of need our better players to step up a bit. I thought that was a game where they you might need your really skilled players or the core of your team to, to kind of pull one out. But letting up a goal with one second left in the period or three seconds, whatever it was, ugh, that is a backbreaker and how many times have we seen that happen this year you got to play till the whistle you have to play till the whistle but 
Um, Siegenthaler and Hamilton had a rough go of it too. And uh, those guys, that's kind of back-to-back games where they haven't looked their best. Um, Siegenthaler especially, which he's been pretty solid and he's a very consistent player. But you have to be happy with what you saw with Kevin Ball. Kevin Ball played great, and if it's me, I'm continuing to put Ball out there. He ended up with an assist. Um, you know, he he was a he was even plus minus. He had a shot on goal. He had a blocked. He was he was good. He played 15 minutes. He played shorthanded for a little bit, but they just they they couldn't they couldn't get it. You know, they couldn't get him past Wedgwood, and it's a shame because it doesn't get easier when you play Dallas. You know, Ottinger is one of the best young goalies in the league. When you get Wedgwood, you like to try to take advantage of that. And the shame is that Akir Schmid played great. He was he was awesome. He had a the one save he had was insane, where he he got it with the inside of his uh, like elbow on a rebound. It was it was awesome. But he was uh, a nine point uh, nine three three save percentage. He let up two goals on uh, thirty shots, and he's. He looks like the real deal, man. I don't know what you do at Blackwood. So, obviously, Blackwood is healthy now, and they're going to send him down to the AHL. But good luck with that. You know who had a good game last night was Severson. Severson um, led the team in ice time, and I thought he played really good. And he's a guy that's kind of had – a so-so start to the season, especially with everybody else thriving the way that they have. Um, but he played really good, and he played with Kevin Ball, and I like that pairing a lot more than I like the pairing of Severson and Brendan Smith. So I don't know if Brendan Smith was a healthy scratch or if he was hurt or needed a needed a rest day or what, but I might look at that moving forward and try to and try to figure that out. I know that they played Brendan Smith at forward, which I'm not really into. I just don't see he, to me he's a seventh defenseman. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Blackwood. The one thing we we should really look at was I was, you know, so I, I was like, all right. The Ranger loss isn't that bad if they could come in and beat Dallas. So now you got 3 out of 4 points and then you get Philly at home which Philly has been extremely tough, but you still should be able to beat them and you end up with five or six points. But at the same time, you could look at it like, well, you just lost to the Islanders and now you lost to the Rangers and now you lost to Dallas and you lost three games in five nights. That's not a good look either. So it could have went either way. Didn't go in our favor, but lucky for us, we had that 13-game winning streak. We've kind of put ourselves, you know, we bought ourselves some time to have a couple game. This was going to happen, and we knew this was going to happen. We knew that December was going to be really tough, too, and it's not going to get any easier. But this is a little more realistic. They weren't going to win. They weren't going to start ripping off 10 games in a row. So what you want to try to do is, you want to try to, when shit goes wrong, you want to try to nip it in the ass and get out of it as soon as possible. There's always going to be peaks and valleys. And 
Luckily for us, we get the Flyers on Thursday at home, and that's a game that we should be able to bounce back. Now, the Flyers have given us a problem, but at the end of the day, that should be a game that we, if we don't come home with two points from, there might be a little cause of concern. Things You'll hear rumblings. But in the meantime, everybody should chill out. It's like, sure, you, you, went, you went 0-2-1 in three games, but... The Rangers were playing better. They were coming off of a three-game winning streak. The Islanders have obviously been playing better. You just would like to have seen them take advantage of not playing against Sorokin, being having a two-goal lead and a penalty shot, and not playing against Ottinger. Um, you're going to get... It's going to be busy. We got um, we Florida coming up on Monday or uh, Saturday. And then we're going to have the games versus Boston, which is going to be um, – those are going to be crazy. And I saw the one game got flexed uh, on the 28th. It's going to be on TNT. So that got flexed to 730. But the Devils – it's not like they have a lot to work on. They didn't play – they're not playing bad. They're playing They're playing fine. They need to be a little more aggressive on the forecheck. They could throw the body a little bit more. Speaking of throwing the body, holy shit. That hit on Miles Wood by, uh, who was it, Romanoff or Romanoff? Man, that was textbook. It's like open ice hits have really not been a, you know, they've kind of gone away. They're few and far between nowadays. And it's because of the speed of the game. And, like, I don't think people realize the timing that you need to have in order to make a hit like that. And when I tell you that is like, that was a beautiful, clean, textbook, open ice hit. They That does not happen anymore. There are very few people that can do that. You know, the people that try to do that typically end up looking like Jacob Truva flying through the air with your feet over your head. That was a, that was a beautiful hit. And um, I'm glad to see that Miles Wood wasn't seriously hurt and he didn't get hit in the head. And he was able to come back um, and play and play versus the Rangers. I'm curious to see like if Janssen ends up staying in the lineup, if Ball stays in the lineup, what they're going to do with Blackwood. I mean, how good does Blackwood have to play to take Akira Schmid's position at this point? You would be crazy to send Schmid down. Schmid, Schmid. Schmid just sounds better when you yell it loud at, at, at a game, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go with that. Even though I his name is Schmid, but um, yeah, I don't know. I'm gonna be at the game tomorrow versus uh, the Flyers. Let's let's support the team. Let's not freak out. Don't be one of these you know miserable Devil fans. Same old Devils. Same old Devils. We're not the same old Devils. We're second in the league in points and we're leading the Metro. So we're far from the same old Devils. So let's stay positive. Let's come out. Let's support the team. Don't listen to the spit and chicklets guys. Those guys are, I mean, take what they say with a grain of salt. They're, they're a joke. I think that guy spends too much time trying to sell his, uh, his vodka than he does watching tele, you know, watching the Devils game. He was complaining about the attendance and stuff, and it's like they sold eighty percent out on a Tuesday night versus Dallas. I get it, we're in first place. We're not, we're not the New York Rangers. We're not the Detroit Red Wings or, um, you know, 
or the Montreal Canadiens. It's like, no, we're not, we're not an original six, we're not, we're not an original six team. It's like, we're in a very competitive market where there's, uh, four teams within, uh, I don't know, a hundred miles of one another between the Rangers, the Islanders and Philadelphia. It's like the devil's fan base is like typically the same 15,000 people or 13,000 people that come out to the games every, you know, they're the same people coming out and coming out. And then there's sprinkle in a couple more thousand. It's like he showed a video of before the game, uh, last night versus Dallas and was, and, um, and was saying that nobody comes out for the devils, even though they're in first place. And it's just, it's just not true. It's like, stop. But, uh, yeah, it was it's it's been fun. I mean, it's not like they're not playing hard. Nobody is dogging it. Nobody is um cashed it in. You'd like to see maybe Brat get a little more on the score sheet. He's kind of looked like he's slowed down a little bit, not physically. I mean, his production has kind of slowed down a little bit. Um and he's going to want that big contract, and I'm going to want to see him get it too. So, But I'm curious to see. I hope if the Devils do have a chance to get Timo Meyer and they're able, and they know that they're able to get a long contract in place, you might be able to make something happen with, with a Holtz and, hell, maybe even like a Blackwood. You shouldn't have to give away that much. But um, at this point, their pick, I mean – their pick is not going to, you know, we're only, we still have a lot of season left, but let's say we're, we're picking 20th or 25th. It's worth it to maybe go for a first round pick and Holtz. If you could lock Meyer up, I think his, his game and his chemistry with Nico would be amazing. And it would add a lot of depth to our team. So hopefully we get Palat back soon. And, um, hopefully, uh, Hopefully you guys are all doing well and enjoying the holiday season. This is a great time of the year. And it's a lot better time of the year when the Devils are actually playing meaningful games because the last couple seasons, it's like the season's been over already. And now we're going into next week. And, like, we're playing the Boston Bruins trying to be in first place in the league. So this is a whole new this is a whole new game for us Devil fans uh, recently anyway. So... I will see everybody at the game tomorrow. Um, shout out to the Brat Pack. I ran into him a bunch of times, and uh, I'll be sitting next to him tomorrow. And shout out to uh, the Let's Go Devils podcast, and Nick, and Sam, and um, all the other Devils guys who uh, who put out content for the team. It's been a it's been a really, you know, sometimes like you never want to see the Devils lose. But when they lose, that you know, it kind of the content. You start looking at certain things a little bit differently, and sometimes it's good to get a different point of view because there's still a lot of season left, and they're going to have to figure out ways to improve the roster um, coming down the stretch for the playoffs when the playoffs are coming up. And that's something that Tom Fitzgerald just brought up, and he said that uh, Ryan Novosinski reported. You know, he said he's going to sit down with Ruff sometime around the new year. And they're going to talk about where they could use a little bit of depth or an impact player for when the playoffs um, come around and and make a move before the trade deadline, which the Devils will be able to sign Jesper Bratt after January 1st as well, too. So I know that they had been in talks. 
And I'm wondering to see how close or if they have something kind of set up to where once that January 1st deadline is up, um, if they're able to get a deal done, hopefully it doesn't hang over the team's head going into um, the postseason. So we'll wait and see what happens with that. But from the trap, it is your boy, Billy Botch. I hope you guys all have a great night, and I'll see you tomorrow when we beat the Flyers' ass at the Rock. Peace.